series and beginning another brand new wonderful Derech Hashem week over here, coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailo, a beautiful, lovely, crispy Monday morning. And we're ready to embark on a new parak and a new topic within the final section of Derech Hashem, and that's the topic of Kriya Shema. And as we pointed out yesterday, the Ramachal hits the ground with a very lengthy paragraph over here, a very lengthy discourse and discussion and, and uh, excursion into the realm of Kriya Shema. So without further ado, let, let, let's uh, roll up our sleeves, let's jump right into the thick of things over here. We are in Chelek Dalad, Perik Dalad, Simen Aleph. Dalad Dalad Aleph, Naramchal entitles us B'Kriya Shema U'Bir Seho. On the topic of Kriya Shema, and its accompanying blessings. So the Ramchal is going to tell us what Krishma is all about. And again, that's the, the theme of the fourth section of Der Hashem, is to go through various mitzvahs that we do in the due course of Avodas HaBoyre, servitude of the Rebbe bring ourselves back to God, bring the universe back to God, uniting everything with the origin of everything, which is the Rebbe himself, that's Avoida, and how that looks specifically in all the specific mitzvahs, we went through Talmud Torah, we went through Ahava, we went through Yira, what Ahava does, what Yira does, what Talmud Torah does, and moving right along, what does Kriya Shema do? What's the function of Shema? The function of this specific mitzvah of Shema, and how does it fit in this whole worldview that the Ramchal gives us in Derech Hashem? Says the Ramchal, There are two tasks that are given to us to perform every day on a daily basis. Two tasks that, were, that, that, that we have to perform before the Rebbein Shalom, for the Rebbein Shalom. Vehaim, and those two tasks are HaKriya Shema V'Hatfilo. Kriya Shema that's saying Shema twice a day and Tefilo, davening. Shemon Esrei. Uzman Beis HaMikdash HaTmina V'Hamusafen. In the times of the Beis HaMikdash, that was Tmidim and Musafim, that was the Karbanis, that were brought on a daily basis, which is the Karban Tamid, and the Musafim that were uh, um, added on, uh, Shabbos, Yom Tov, etc. Now, just before we move on, there's, there's a little bit of a question over you how to read this paragraph. Ramchal says, there's two Avaitas, two tasks that we have every day, and those two tasks are Shema and, and Shemona Esrei. And in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, Karbanis. So does he mean to say that he starts off saying there's two Avedas? Sounds like there's always two Avedas. So one could read, but he, end, he ends up listing three. So does he mean that it's always two, and nowadays it's Shema and Shemona Esrei, but parenthetically in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, we switched Shemona Esrei with Karbanis. So it was always two. Now, now the two is Shema and Shema Esrei. In the times of the Beis HaMikdash, Shema and Karbanis, and everyone certainly knows the well-known Gemara and Brachas that um, that um, that the Tfilas Neged Tmidim Tiknum that our Tfilas parallel the Karbanis that the Shacharis is there to the Shacharis service is there to parallel the morning Tamid Mincha is to parallel the afternoon Tamid Mayriv is to parallel the Hector Chalovim ve'evarim, burning the fats and limbs on the mizbeach, and we have a tefilas musaf on Shabbos, tefilas musaf on Shabbos, um, to parallel, to parallel the carbon musaf on Shabbos, tefilas musaf on Rishchodesh, to parallel the carbon musaf on Rishchodesh. And speaking of musaf, it was uh, I happened to be eating supper with my kids last night. I don't, I don't always, I don't recommend doing that necessarily on a daily basis, you know, eating supper with your kids. But last night, 
family time. I ate with my kids, and there was there were jokes circulating around the table. And one of my kids said, um, "Why did the cow go to Shul?" So we hear the answer to Davin Musaf. Davin Musaf, speaking of us, right? So that quickly things quickly got worse from there. Things just went south. Things degenerated into all kinds of jokes, like like why did the chicken cross the other side to Davin Musaf? Things got got very out of control at that point. But but uh, just uh, coincidentally, that I, I, that that's perhaps an ashika from Shemayim that we're discussing Musaf this morning, and we happened to be discussing Musaf last night. And cows last night. It's <laughs> meeting Musafim, yeah, and Musafim and Musafim. But uh, getting ourselves back on track over here. So one way of learning this Ramchal would be to say that um, that um, um, it's meeting Musafim. Replace Tzvila, and it's always two. Um, and again, that is backed up by the well-known Gemara that our tefillahs replace the Karbanas. It's not so Pasha, though. It's not so Pasha. Um, there, there are a number of sources and proofs that indicate and prove that even in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, they were still davening Shemun Esrei, they were davening Shachris, they were davening Musaf, they were davening Mincho, davening Mayruf, and that the Gemara in Barachas that says tefillahs neged tmidim tiknum doesn't mean that it's either one or the other, and and tefillahs replace the korbanos, korbanos replace the the the, the but rather they, they parallel one another. Um, in which case, you'd have to read the Ramchal differently. You'd have to read it like this: There's two avodas, hudlu aleinu. We we meaning we bismanazeh. We the audience the Ramchal is writing for. We have two avodas to do. In the times of Israel, there was a third one that was at that was tacked on. And that, that Pashas is the more um, proper way of reading this Ramchal. The Ramchal is not telling us that there's two and always two. And you either take out Tfilis and replace it with, you know, uh, you know, Apic Tfilis of Ayol Tmidim. No, the Ramchal doesn't mean it like that. It means we have two. And the times of Israel, there was an additional one, a third. That's the Pashas. But anyway, let's go on. Va'at and Navar in Yonam. Nazar Ramchal, we're going to go through in Yonam the the idea behind Shemun Esrei, the idea behind Kriya Shema. We're going to start with Kriya Shema. Ho'echad hinehu Kriya Shema. The first of the tasks that a Yid has to perform before God on a daily basis is Kriya Shema. V'edyonoi. What's Kriya Shema all about? What are we doing when we say Shema twice a day? What are we doing when we say Erev Avaiker Shema Oimerim? What 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 are we saying? What is Shema saying? Shema all about? Then Yanoi Yehuda Yisbarach veKabalas Ol Malchusoi. The Ramchal says two ideas, both of which have to be greatly expanded, that's why we have a greatly expanded paragraph over here, but the two quick ideas that he throws out immediately, let's remember this and file this away, saying Shema, right away, the bullet points of Shema stands for two things. Yichuda Yisbarach, unifying God, v'kabolos o malchusoi, and accepting upon ourselves the yoke of Hashem's authority. So two things that Shema does in our avoidah of Shema, in Shema being an avoidah, that is Unifying God, saying that God is one, and accepting that oneness, that authority, authority upon ourselves. 
The authority part, we're not going to get to for a while. We see, again, we have Mamish, a very long paragraph. This, the entirety of this paragraph is going to be dedicated to the first of the two ideas, just to give the roadmap over here. The entirety of this paragraph is all about Yehudoi, about unifying God. Now, at first glance, that seems to be like a, uh, like a no-brainer. You need to elaborate on that. Yehudoi, yeah, Hashem is one and only one. There's only one God. And there's, there's, there aren't two, there aren't three, there aren't four. Aren't one and a half? There's only one. There's only one Hashem. I believe there's only one Hashem. Yeah, I mean, I believe there's only one of me. That's not a hard concept to, to digest. There's only one of each and every one of you at the table. Um, and there's only one Hashem. Doesn't seem to be a very complex, detailed idea, but yet it is. What does it mean really to unify Hashem? So here the Ramchal gives us a very, very rich and detailed background to understanding what the mitzvah of Yichud, what the process, the process of Yichud Yisbarach, the process of unifying God, what that process is all about. So understand the process, we've got to understand the background, that we are coming into a state and a situation where it's not so intuitive, it's not so simplistic, it's not so obvious to unify God. We're coming into an arena where God needs to be unified. The Rebbeinu Shalayim, as we've mentioned, create a very diverse, complicated, and complex creation. And there's all kinds of different things in this creation. That means spiritual, uh, upper and lower, supreme and subordinate. Ruchnim v'gashmiim, spiritual and physical. He's not saying the same thing twice. El Yonim Tachtoinim is not being paraphrased, is not paraphrases of Ruchnim v'gashmiim. El Yonim Tachtoinim, again, is as we just translated, supreme and subordinate. Supreme and subordinate. Ruchnim v'gashmiim means spiritual and physical. V'sidram b'sdarm shaynim, and the Rebbeinshim took all these different creations, supreme, subordinate, spiritual and physical, metaphysical, physical, natural and supernatural, and arrange them in, in different arrangements and different systems. And the Rebbeinshim gave each of these different aspects of creation, different operating specifications, what it can do, the capabilities, functions. To be active and, and to um, be effective, to do different things here in the world. To have different, different uh, functions, different specifications, be active in different ways, every aspect of the universe, spiritual and physical, according to how Hashem distributed the full range of activities. So, as Rabbi alluding to, you know, aside from the, the, the immediate message, which is an obvious one, that the world is very diverse, very complex, both spiritual and physical. There's a lot of different organisms and entities out there. Each one has its function. Each one does its thing. But they all combine together into one beautiful, harmonious tapestry. That's what he's alluding to. Of distributing. To distribute. When I distribute, that means I have one vision, one goal, and it's 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 met and realized by a lot of different things coming together, and I I diversify and distribute according to a broad vast range of of possibilities and and um, existences. That entirety of what I want to see coming together. That, that's what Ramchal is alluding to. Aside from what he's saying on the surface, which is that. 
The world's very diverse. A lot of stuff going on around us. A lot of things going on. A, a lot of different pieces and parts and cogs and wheels and sprockets in the, in the world. Each thing doing its own thing. But it's not random. It's not chaotic. It's not Hashem that Hashem um, randomly, haphazardly created flora and fauna, animal, mineral and vegetable um, spiritual and physical and shook it all up in a box and just like tumbled a lot just like let's see what happens now this is the other way around the Rebbe has a vision of how the world spiritual, physical, upper and lower comes together in harmony and and, and, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu distributed um, all that that activity that can come together in harmony across a very vast unfathomable range of existences you know, not unlike we've given in a muscle before, like the orchestra, the symphony orchestra, with all the different instruments and the different people playing those instruments, and you have a certain amount of violin instruments, the cellos and 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 um, harps and pianos and trumpets, and each one of them comes together to blend together in a, in a beautiful harmony. That's distribution, distribution. Okay, all right, let's go on. Vamna. The Rebbeinishim ultimately is the source behind all of these entities, everything that's in creation. Hashem is, is the Shoirish and the Siba. He's the root of everything and the cause of everything. The root and the cause. The exclusive root and the exclusive cause of, of um, everything that is there. What's the difference Shoirish and Siba, just to dwell on that? Um, briefly, Hashem is the shurish of everything. Hashem is the seba of everything. He's the root of everything and the cause. It sounds again like um, the Ramchal just being poetic, just giving us um, synonyms. Um, they're not synonymous. They have two slightly different spins. The shurish for everything means, well, let's start with Siba. Siba means what it sounds like, it's the cause. Hashem is the cause. Without Hashem, there's no existence. The Ramchal is going to get back to this momentarily. That's the Siba. Hashem is the cause of everything. Hashem causes everything, brings everything into existence. What's shurish? If not the same thing, if not the cause, shurish means everything that's in existence is um, is there to be not just created by Hashem is there to be a product of Hashem um, is there to bespeak of Hashem is there to advertise Hashem is there to present Hashem to the world the shoirish the root of something sprouts and grows something but when it grows and sprouts is the manifestation of the shoirish? Is there to advertise the shoirish? Is there to unlock and expand the shoirish? Right. So the shoirish, let's say the the um, the seed the kernel of an apple tree. So when the apple tree grows, an apple seed grows from that apple seed, and it grows bark and branches and blossoms and buds, and then and then beautiful apples. That's really expanding, unlocking, and, and uh, revealing, being Megala, the seed itself. That's what Shoyrish is as opposed to Seba. So certainly the apple seed is the Seba, causes the apple tree, but it's also the Shoyrish in that the apple tree is there to be a manifestation of the apple seed. So that's what it means the whole Bria is there to be, is, uh, Hashem is the Shoyrish. We're here to, to um, advertise Hashem. Everything that's here is, 
to, to be speak of Hashem. Okay, good. Let's go on. Further breaking the information. And for us, Hashem is the Shoresh and the Seba for the entirety of existence. Hashem is the root of the entirety of existence. Hashem is the is the cause of the entirety of existence. All the uh, all of existence is there to make sure that the Rebbeinu Shalaylam is 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 seen, is seen is 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 understood by existence. That's what it's all about, and this is understood. two different ways of understanding this. It happens on, on, on two different levels. It happens on a level of existence and activity. Existence and activity. Hashem is the source of everything. Hashem is the cause of everything existentially and activationally, activitally, on a level of activity and existence. Let's see. Now we got to break that even further down. What does it mean that the Rebbeinu is the source of everything when it comes to mere, pure existence? Vas us. Mashik far bi arnu aleph. We've explained that already way, way, way back in the beginning of the Sefer when we began this Rabbi Say so long ago. And when did we begin there, Hashem? Arthur Akain, remind us. With Maisha. <laughs> A very long time ago. Yeah. Many, many sports seasons ago we began this safer, right? No, 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 no. No? I believe so. We didn't believe it many sports seasons ago? I believe we did. We're all right. Yeah? Anyway, that's how we keep track of everything things over here, right? Many Super Bowls ago we began um, the safer. But, but all the way back at the beginning of the safer, all the way back at the beginning of the safer, in the Chalik Aleph in the first section, we had Eich Kol Hametzi'ius Kulam Tluim Bayis Barach V'Nimshachem Biratzaynoi. How everything in existence is dependent on Hashem and is emerging from Hashem as a product of Hashem Himself. All of existence is dependent in Hashem's existence, and it means we're dependent a in Hashem's existence. And we're dependent in Hashem's willing this continued existence. Mash and Kemitzi Usoy, as we said, Hashem's existence is different. Hashem's existence is not dependent on Hashem willing Himself to continually exist or anything else. Hashem exists because anything else exists? No. Can Hashem will Himself to not exist, to cease to exist? If Hashem wanted to, can He say, I don't want to exist anymore? I'm retiring? I'm taking myself out of existence? No, He can't. Arthur Akain, what do you say? Can God will Himself to unexist? No, He's, he's it. He's it. It's impossible for Hashem to not exist. That's right. He's it. it well said. Very succinctly said. And the Olam is right. It, as we saw, it's impossible for Hashem to not exist. Again, one of these mind-bending, mind-breaking kinds of things. It's very hard for us to wrap our heads around that. In fact, impossible. We can't, ima- we can't relate to the kinds of something that can't not exist. Because we're limited to an existence which can not exist. All of us cannot exist. All of us have, all of us have the abilities to end our own lives. Rachman if we should want to. All kinds of ways to do that, right? Um, take ourselves out of existence, take other things out of existence. Anything that exists that we know about can not exist. But for something to exist and, 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 and not have the ability to not exist, that's Hashem. And only Hashem, we can't really fathom that. We can talk about it. Hashem is Hashem's existence is an existence which is necessarily um, present and necessarily in existence and cannot not exist. 
even if Hashem wanted to will himself out of existence, out of existence, he can't. So that that, that obviously raises the, the, the next question. And Hashem is not dependent on anything, other, anything else for his existence, which obviously raises the question, so where did Hashem come from? But we already know that. We also discussed in the beginning of the Erech Hashem. Where Hashem come from? He didn't come from anywhere. He was always here. He was always in existence. He was always in existence. Nothing needed to create him, and he can't not exist. Again, we can talk about these things, but don't try to think about it too much. We had it when we did Chagigo, right? The, the, the first Mishnah there, in the, in the, in the second paragraph of Chagigo, says that certain things you're just not allowed to think about. There are certain things you're not allowed to delve into, and this was one of them. Um, good, good. Where's the universe end? Where's the universe end? Yeah, that's another one. Uh, probably by a gas station that has really high prices, probably, <laughs> probably, <laughs> on very unreasonable prices. That's I'm telling you, that's where it ends. So, says the says the Ramchal further. Ach, that's always where they get you, Arthur. That's uh, that's where they get you. Ach, kol shara mitzius elam mitzius elam mitzad mashu hu yisbarkshem by rotzabemu makayim bretzayinoi. Everything else in existence, everything that's not Hashem, everything that's not God, is only exists in existence in, and only exists because God wills it and wants it to exist, and constantly wants it to exist. So that's the first idea over here, that that everything that we know about, everything that exists that's not God, which is everything that God created, is dependent on God, is not locked in to existence, and is constantly dependent on God. Okay. That's in terms of existence. Um, Hashem is the source of everything. What about activity? Hashem is the source of everything when it comes to activity. In terms of activity, even though the Rebbeinu Shalom gave us abilities. And do we have abilities to do things? Can we do things? Can we be active? Are there things that we can do? Yeah. Certainly. Certainly we can be constructive, we can be destructive, we can be productive, and we can be counterproductive. We can bring light, we can bring darkness, and everything that's in creation has abilities. A- animals, animal, mineral, vegetable, spiritual, and physical. Angels have abilities. Demons have abilities. People have abilities. Everything has abilities. We have power. There's things that we can do. Things that the kaychas can do, malachim can do. And 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 the greater you are, the greater you can do. The bigger you are, the bigger that you can do. Look what look what the sun pulls off. The sun, this nuclear furnace over here, life and heat and warmth and and energy that it provides to eight billion people and to an entire solar system. Ultimately, the only power that they have and the authority they have is the power and the authority that Hashem is constantly giving them. It's really Hashem's power being channeled through them. So everything that we can do is Hashem's power being channeled through us. Hashem is the true authority, the true master, and the true um, source of power. Anything, all the power that we see, the sun. The sun's such a good example of the sun with, with, its, with its boundless, limitless energy and and power over there, that power station called the sun, is really the power that Hashem is constantly giving it, vesting it with. 
El Mashu is Barchemai Nosan, the Noising Lem Kaich Shivalu, Hashem gave in how Hashem created it, and Hashem is constantly giving the sun power, channeling God's power through the sun. It's constantly Hashem's power. Us, the fact that we can clap our heads, we can do this, is God's power constantly being channeled through our nervous system and through our muscles, allowing us to do that. Hashem is the master and the authority behind all of this, constantly round the clock. Round the clock. Um, let's do a few more lines before we call the day. Going further with this, Hashem is is really behind the scenes in terms of all everything is existence and everything's power. We're breaking down all of the universe, all of the Bria into Mitzias and Pu'ula, existence and activity, existence and power, it's presence, existence and activity, presence and power. Together with that is what else did Hashem put into the universe that has presence and power, existence and activity? When Hashem set up the system of everything that's in creation, how the world has to be run and what has to be here in the world to bring its world to its objective. The world to its objective. There also has to be things that are bad, evil, things that seem to go against God. Existences and activities, presence and power, which is seems to be thwarting God and going against God's will. That are present and active in the world. Things that can be called Ra. And Ra just means it's broken away from God. Whether it's man using his evil intention and evil um, uh, plans to do evil activities through his free will, or whether it's events. Someone said that he saw a car on fire on the, on the 95. That's that's definitely Ra. Cars going up in a blazing inferno. Rachman Aslan, people suffering injuries and perishing that way. That's terrible. It's awful. Cataclysmic acts of nature. Catastrophe. That's all Ra. V'nira ha'davr l'chur sh'zeh when we see these acts of destruction in the world, and we see evil people doing evil, harmful things, it looks like that is thwarting and stimming God's plans. We know, as we began in the beginning of the Sefer, again, a very, very long time ago, in Hashem is the, is the bastion of, of good. Hashem only wants good to happen. Um, Hashem's name is desecrated. Desecrated. When evil people can do evil things, when bad things happen in the world, there's catastrophe, when there's suffering, that's a chil Hashem. And it has all the potential for a chil Hashem for people to see, see this and say, where is God? If God is so great, how can He let a Holocaust happen? If God is so great, how can He let so many innocent people suffer as a result of one madman in Eastern Europe? How can, how can we let so many innocent people suffer? That's a Chil Hashem. It's a Chil Hashem. So on the one hand, God is a source for all power and all presence, all activity and all of existence. On the other hand, 
a lot of that power and presence is being channeled into evil people doing evil things and, and bad events and bad circumstances in the world. So Imchal setting up a, a contradiction over here. He's setting up a paradox, a dilemma that God on the one has the Sharish and the Seba, the root and the cause of everything. But on the other hand, God's also the root and the cause of so much that seems to go against God himself. How can that be, and what do we do with that? So we'll stop over here, we'll leave off at this cliffhanger, we'll continue tomorrow, and we'll see how that itself factors directly into Shema, and gives us one very solid aspect of what Krishma is all about, and that much, and more Mitzvah Shem, next time we continue and go further in this paragraph. Thank you all for joining, and wish you have a wonderful, blessed today.